0: Heavenly Father, we, we bow before you. We come in the name of the Father who's always loved us, even before the creation of the universe. We come in the name of the Son who came to this world as a human being and gave his life for us and, and lives now. We come in the name of the Spirit who's come into our life to guide us and to lead us and to comfort us. And so all praise to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So. This morning, we're doing a hot topic. Um, When we asked for hot topics about a month and a half ago, this was overwhelmingly the number one response. How to fight anxiety, fear, and worry. We're talking about fears. I'm up here doing the number one fear that people have, public speaking. And so I thought I'd raise it up a little bit here, and now I'm doing the number one fear and the number two fear. I'm doing public speaking from heights. And now, Jim Johns, will you shut off all the lights, please? Now I'm doing public speaking from heights in the dark. All the fears. See, okay, all right, I'm coming down. It is very scary. It is very scary up there. Have a a little fun with that. But uh, fear and worry and anxiety is is pretty serious. Um, When you have worry... When you have fear, when you have panic attacks, um, they're real with real symptoms and, and I've lived them. I've been hospitalized twice by panic attacks. I know what it feels like to just all of a sudden be in a conversation with someone or on stage preaching and all of a sudden your heart starts racing and you can't get your breath and your chest tightens and you get dizzy and all kinds of other symptoms. Your limbs start going numb and it's really, really scary and then you have the added pressures of people not really understanding that and so people say things like why don't you i mean you're a pastor why don't you just trust god more why don't you just have faith to get you get you through that or can't you just get over it Um, if you've dealt with any type of panic attacks you know it's like telling a cancer patient to say get over your cancer um, there are real things that happen, and we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world where sin affects all of us. And even if you've never experienced panic attacks like I have, I'm sure you've felt fear. I'm sure you've felt worry. I'm sure you've felt anxiety. And if you've never felt any of those, then I'm sure you've felt like what it is to be a liar because, <laughs> because all of us, have fear, anxiety, and worry. And so this morning, the point and the action step, we're going to go together. And I'm gonna, when I talk about them, we're going to do them together. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness and fight with the steadfast love of the Lord. Now, I want you to hear my heart so desperately on this. If you're dealing with fear... If you're dealing with anxiety, you're dealing with worry, whether it be a general anxiety disorder where you have panic attacks for no reason, or you're just dealing with fear and worry and anxiety in life, I want you to know I'm not up here telling you just get more into the Word. Just get more into Scripture. Be in more small groups. Love God more, and then your worry and fear and anxiety will go away because I don't think that's the truth. The truth is is that God created a world that was perfect he created a world where there was no anxiety where there was no fear where there was no worry and then our first father and mother adam and eve messed it up i know some of you want to be mad at adam and eve but if it wasn't adam and eve it would have been us so they sinned They went against God. And when that happened, sin came into the world. And when sin came into the world, all kinds of bad stuff came into the world. Um, But I'm so thankful that God didn't leave us in that sin, that we do have hope, that he came in the person of Jesus Christ. And that he redeemed the world. And one day he's going to come again. And he's going to make all things new. And we'll go back to that place where there is no more worry. Where there's no more anxiety. Where there's no more fear. And I can't wait for that day. But in the meantime, here we are. In the meantime. We work through things. In the meantime, we struggle through things. In the meantime, we have to figure out how to fight anxiety, worry, and fear. And so at the same time, when I want to, because because when you're struggling, and listen, for, for about a period of two years of my life, I felt like I was completely alone in it. My spouse didn't understand the anxiety that I have, and, and she was unbelievably supportive. She just didn't understand how to help. And And people in my life didn't understand how to do it. And I thought for many of that time that God was just really silent and distant. And I felt myself questioning faith. Um, But what I did find is as I sought first his kingdom and righteousness, as I realized it was not my fight anymore, that I'm just going to give it to the Lord and fight with his steadfast love, what I found is that really helped So I don't want to beat you over the head with, hey, stop worrying because you're not spiritual enough. At the same time, I want to comfort you with his word. Many uh, people have said there's 365 times in the Bible where it says, do not fear. And one author said there's 366 times. There's one for every day, even the leap years. There's a time where it says, do not fear in the Bible. It's actually a lot more than that. And I know sometimes when people read those, they think, oh, it says, do not fear. It says, don't have anxiety. It says, cast your fears on me. And, and, and I do have fear and I do have anxiety and I do have worry. So what does that mean for me? Am I not a good Christian? But I think really what it is, is a reminder to us. I think our heavenly father knows us unbelievably well. He knows here we are on earth living with all of this stimulation living with all of these news reports living in the world that we live in where we get information like this and it is stressful right it is worrisome it does cause anxiety there are fears in our in our life and so he has all those verses in there because he knows us and he cares for us and he wants to remind us that he has not left us alone and he wants to give us an eternal perspective because really i mean there's there's fears that are legitimate and there's some fears that are not so legitimate but they all are real to us right i mean when you're feeling fear and worry anxiety it's tangible it's it's real i mean all of you could describe it in a way where where you're feeling it where where you're where you're worried about it where it's keeping you up at night where it's going through your thoughts through your through your life so so it's real but when we have an eternal perspective, it does give us hope that we're not going to be stuck in this worry and fear and anxiety forever. And while we're here on earth, the Lord gives us things to fight with. Aren't you glad about that? I mean, he doesn't owe us anything. I mean, he could have left us in our fear and anxiety and worry. And that would have been it. We had just to defend for ourselves. And I'm so thankful he didn't do that. I'm so grateful that he's given us things that we can fight with that are not of our own effort and strength, but of his effort and strength. And so we're going to dig into a couple of verses here. One from Lamentations. Lamentations uh, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. And it's going to come up here on the screen. And look at these words. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning great is your faithfulness and there were there are times where there are times where uh, it's difficult for me to see and that's just because of the sinful world we live in but when i step back and look at my life and as i'm living it forward and understanding it backwards you get to see that this is true that his love never ceases that his mercies never come to an end And the other scripture that we're going to read this morning is from Matthew uh, chapter 6. Therefore, this is Jesus talking, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field and is here today and is gone and is tomorrow thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. We don't need to add uh, trouble to it, right? You see, all of us face different kinds of worries and fears and anxieties in our life. A lot of us have past worry. We have worry about the things that we've done in our past. We worry that we can have forgiveness, that we can move past those things, that we can find joy even in the midst of our past mistakes and we talk about that a lot in a Christian church about getting past your past and the, your past is forgiven. But a lot of us have present worry and present fear and present anxiety, the things that are going on now in our life. Each day has enough trouble on its own, and some of you are feeling the weight of those troubles right now. And we all have future worry. We all have some thoughts about things that are going to happen and what's going to happen next in our lives and how is God. Going to go and going to work through those things. And that's why I believe that we understand the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every week here at Good News, we talk about the gospel. And we do that because we believe that the gospel is the power to reach and transform. That's where we find the power, that's where we find the strength. That people are going to be reached for Christ, then it's through the power of the gospel. And if people are going to be transformed, then it's through the power of the gospel. But I want to explain a little bit of the scope of the gospel this morning as we talk about fear and anxiety and worry. Because this was something that gave me great comfort as I understood how the gospel worked even more in my life. And I love what Dr. Harry Reader says. He says, because of what Jesus has done, the scope of the gospel is immense. See, we have salvation from the persuasion of sin, and this is what theologians call our effectual calling. In 2 Thessalonians 2, it says, God called you through our gospel, so you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's grace gives us the eyes to see and the ears to hear where before we were blind to the truth. I I love that the gospel works that way that we were in our sin, we were in our shame, we were far away from God, but our Heavenly Father sent Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life, to die on the cross, to raise from the dead. So if we believe in him, then we'll have saving faith. See, it's salvation from the power of sin too, that we get regeneration. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have any more fear or worry anxiety in our life. But it does mean that there is power and strength in the gospel that we can fight with. That steadfast love of the Lord. John 3 3 says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's why we don't preach the Nike salvation here at Good News. We don't just tell you, just do it. Come on. Take up your bootstraps. Just do it. Get over your fear and anxiety, worry. Just do it. You can do it on your own. Come to Christ on your own now. It's the Holy Spirit working in and through us that we're reborn for the sake of the gospel. Jesse, the the body Ventura, do you guys remember him? Uh, He became Jesse the mind Ventura when he became the governor of of, uh, Minnesota. He gave himself that nickname. Uh, He says that Jesus Christ, uh, having faith in Christ, having Christianity is a crutch. And of course, I don't agree with him at all. But I don't agree with him because I don't believe he went far enough. See, Christianity is not just a crutch. Jesus is not just a crutch. He's a life support system that we cannot even think about functioning uh, in a sinful world in any effective way without regeneration in our life. And that's not just great news for people to have fear and anxiety and worry. That's great news for everyone. Because when we tap into the power of Jesus, it isn't like all those things get wiped away, but we have an eternal hope of something more. We know that we have the power to fight those things, not on our own, but with the power of Jesus. I'm so thankful that Jesus is not just a crutch for me, that he's my support system. He's my life support system, that without him, I am dead. Without him, we are all dead. If you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, hear me clearly. You're not going to have all your worries and fears and anxieties wiped away. But you'll have one that understands you deeply, that gets what it's like to live on an earth that's sinful. You'll have someone that is able to overcome sin, something that we could never do. We have someone in our life who's resurrected in the dead, from the dead, so that we could have eternal life. If you've never trusted in him, won't you do that? Because salvation from the penalty of sin is part of the, the gospel also. And that's what theologians call justification. When, when God gives us a new heart, he also imputes to us a new record. So that means that when, he, when the, the Heavenly Father sees us, he doesn't see all the junk. He doesn't see all the mess. He doesn't see all the ways that we've gone against him. He sees uh, the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. In Isaiah 1, it says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they should be white as snow. Though they're like crimson, they shall become like wool. That's why we seek first his kingdom and righteousness. And that's why we fight with the steadfast love of the Lord. Because there's also the salvation from the position of sin. See how immense this gospel is? And that's called adoption. We're adopted into his family. And just like a a perfect father would, he cares for us. He has not left us alone in, his, in our worry and our fear and anxiety. In Romans chapter 8, it says, For you do not receive a spirit to make you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. Nobody I know wants to be a slave to fear. When I'm, go- when I'm going through times of high anxiety, when I'm experiencing those panic attacks, there's, a ta- there's times where I feel like a slave to fear. When I realize that I can fight with the steadfast love of the Lord, that I can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that he's not going to leave me alone in that, there's such a comfort and there's such a peace. And sometimes some of that fear and anxiety goes away. Sometimes it doesn't. But what I I can have is a change of mindset, an eternal mindset. And that's part of the salvation from the practice of sin. And that's what theologians call sanctification that the the blessing of sanctification continues through our lives here on earth as God makes us more and more like Christ, as we come to his throne of grace more, that our reaction when we're going through times of deep worry and deep fear and deep anxiety, that more and more our reaction is just to bring that to to the Heavenly Father and say, God, I'm just struggling with this, to have a real conversation. I mean, I want my kids to come to me with everything. Right? If you're a parent, you get that, right? You understand that? You want your kids to come to you with everything. Whatever that raw emotion is, you want them to bring it to you because you want to give them comfort and strength and peace. And our Heavenly Father is perfect, a way better dad than I ever can imagine be. And he wants us to bring all those emotions to him. So if you're struggling with these things, bring it to him raw. Maybe there's some anger. Maybe there's some fear in that, but that's okay. The Heavenly Father can take that. Just give that to him raw. I love that one day the scope of the gospel is going to include salvation from the presence of sin. That we're going to have glorification. And you guys know, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know this is one of my favorite verses. Revelation 21, 4. For he'll wipe every tear from their eyes. And there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the older things has passed away. That pain includes anxiety and worry and fear and all those things are going to be wiped away. See, the scope of the gospel is huge. The scope of the gospel is immense. The scope of the gospel is what gives us the ability to fight against the anxiety, the worry, and the fear. Because without that, we are hopeless against the sinfulness of this world. Read part of that main scripture again, just the beginning. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body or what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You who, by by worrying, can add a single hour to his life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon and all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and, and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? I think it's really interesting that Jesus uses the example of birds. And uh, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I never spent any time looking at birds. But when I got married with, to my wife... Christy always pays attention to little details like that. You know, she'll say, oh, look at that red bird. Look at that blue bird. And now our kids do that. And you know what I do? The same thing. When I see a red bird, I'm like, oh, look, guys, it's a red bird. I would never have done that before I got married. And I love what Matt Chandler uh, says about birds. He says that birds are not lazy. They, they, uh, They are super active. They're building. They're feeding. But here's the thing. Matt Chandler says. They don't have thumbs, which is true, right? They don't build excessively. See, we have a refrigerator. We, we have air conditioning. How many people have air conditioning in their home? How many? Okay, I think it's everyone. If you don't come and see me after the service, we're going to hook you up with something because you need that in this heat, right? You see, we're, we're different than the birds of the air. See, God cares for the birds of the air. How much more is he going to care for those that are made in his image. You know, birds fly and they fly into windows. This happens all the time here at World Golf Village. With all the windows that we have in the back, birds just fly into that. You know what happens to them? They die. That's it. And scripture says here that God cares for them. So how much more is he going to care for you? How much more is he going to love you? And listen, when you're in the midst of all the worry and the anxiety, and the fear, it can feel like God's far away. And it can feel like God's not taking care of you. It can feel like God's not answering prayers. It can feel really lonely. I know some of you may be in the midst of that right now. I just want to tell you, after almost 18 years of of walking with the Lord, I want you to know he hasn't left you alone. He hasn't left you stuck in your anxiety. He hasn't left you stuck in your worry in your fear. And sometimes I wish I could tell God. I'm really good at being the clay that tells the potter what to do. I'm really good at that. And if I could tell him what to do, I would want it to happen quicker and want to get out of how I'm feeling and want to get out of this the mess and junk. And I'm sure you feel the same way. But I want you to know he hasn't forgotten you. He tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness because he loves you dearly. He knows that's where you can find the most hope. His steadfast love is is new every morning. These are not lies. God does not lie. And the world will tell you because he's not answering things immediately that God's lying. I'm telling you, I get a front row seat to all of your lives. I get a front row seat to... Thousands of people over the last, you know, 17 years in ministry. And what I've seen over and over and over and over again is God is faithful. Now, sometimes his faithfulness means that he's going to leave you in the midst of some stuff because he knows you better, better than you know yourself. And he knows exactly what you need to go through and what hardships you need to go through and what joys you need to have. But when you trust in Jesus and you have the scope of of the gospel even in the midst of the worst pain you can find joy because he allows us to experience that and we see that in the scripture here we see that he's telling us that we can count on him he's telling us that we can trust in him he's telling you, he's telling you that there is hope in the gospel i mean he he's saying that even the the grass and, and it's an interesting analogy here it's an interesting story but at the time when they were making their daily bread at the time when jesus was talking here he would take they would take the grass and they would throw it into the fire of the oven and that would help uh, make the fire go so that they could, they could make daily bread and he's he's saying that that our, that our lives are short and he needs to provide for us in order for us to make it but I I want you to know that even in the midst of the times where it doesn't seem like he's talking or he's speaking, he is still moving. He is alive. He is working in your life. If you're really struggling with anxiety, if you have an anxiety disorder, um, there are real biological conditions. There are Medical and psychiatric treatments that I did now. I, I want you to know that God has given us the ability to understand our bodies um, Through some experts he's given special gifts for so if you're struggling with things I want you to know it's not unspiritual to receive counseling I want you to know that it's not unspiritual to take medication. I want you to know it's, it's wise to follow a doctor's plan but even if you don't have a general anxiety disorder, you feel fear. You feel worry. You feel anxiety. And Satan hates us. He does. He hates you. And he hates me because he hates God. And we're made in the image of God. And the one that we serve is so much more powerful than the evil one. But he is the prince of the air. And so he's trying to rip us apart. He's trying to attack us. He's trying to do anything he can to get us to doubt the existence of God. And so I want you to know that the only way that we're going to win the battle against fear, anxiety, and worry is, is through the power of the gospel. It's through Seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness by fighting with the steadfast love of the Lord. And I know by saying those things to you, if you're in the midst of it, it's really, really difficult. It is. Listen, when my heart starts pounding out of nowhere and I start getting cold sweats, my chest starts tightening up, and my first reaction is always, Andy, you need to seek the Lord. You need to count on the steadfast love of him. I know there there are plenty of times where I'm staying up at night worrying about things, about decisions that I've made in the past for my family or for the church. There are many times my thoughts start spinning out of control about the church and about whether or not you're going to come in here and feel spiritually fed and feel like you're growing in your faith and whether or not this church is going to continue to be your home. These are worries and fears and anxieties that I have, and so I understand. Saying, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and fight with the steadfast love of the Lord can be really difficult. But I want to encourage you with some final scriptures here. Paul says in Philippians 4: the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean for us? I believe that he can supernaturally move in your life beyond your own understanding even in the midst of your worry and your anxiety and your fear, that he can give you supernatural peace. I believe he can do that for his glory. I believe that it, it takes a supernatural act of God working our lives to give us that peace. So I want to encourage you. The next time that anxiety or worry or fear comes knocking at the door of your heart thanks to financial issues or job issues or relationship issues or it just you don't even know what the issue is. You just start worrying and, and fearing about life itself because there's chaos in the world. I want to remind you of the one who sits on the throne. I want to remind you that he is good. I want to remind you that he hasn't forgotten you i remind you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and fight with his steadfast love because it is new every morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you are supreme over this universe and you look upon us with love and affection and delight. Help us to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. Your kingdom is more than an idea or a story. It's real. And real is your steadfast love. So help us to fight with it. In Jesus' name, amen.